This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. One-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. Over the shoulder, catch by Kirk in the end zone for a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jurecki, and 13-year NFL veteran Drew Stanton. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. But it is so cool to say the Arizona Cardinals are the only undefeated team in the National Football League. Don't know how long it's going to last, but enjoy it as the Las Vegas Raiders losing on Monday Night Football and Cardinals, the only team that sits 4-0 and through four weeks, and they did so after beating the Rams, thoroughly demolishing the Rams on Sunday at SoFi Stadium, 37-20, to and that is the focus of this week's Cardinals Red Sea Reports. Drew, watching that game as you did, what stood out, offense or defense? Where do you go first, even oh, though you are yeah. you know, an offensive guy by nature? Well, uh, I think offensively my mind just goes to a methodical game plan that just was executed to perfection. You look at what that was, and, and it's always easier when you're the team that's being aggressive. But to, to see the demeanor in which Kyler went out there, distributed the ball, and the weapons that they were able to do and the conversions, uh, what really stood out to me in these crucial games that you're going up against, when you have to settle for field goals and you're going up against a dynamic offense, all of a sudden those touchdowns start adding up more and you put yourself in a hole. And, I, you know, the first half uh, they had to settle for two field goals, the Rams did, because of a great defense. But those third down conversions that Kyler had for the touchdown to A.J. Green, kicking field goals, the, the only field goal they had to kick was the second half one as time expired. All those add up over time, and the turnover ratio is always the biggest thing in these tight ball games. And Kyler did a tremendous job of protecting the football, distributing it to all guys. We saw different wrinkles to the offense. When you have to defend every single portion of the field, like they're they're making teams do now on defense, it doesn't matter if you have a Jalen Ramsey because you can go out there and and you can attack different things. And Max Williams shows up defensively. They did a phenomenal job as well of kind of putting Matthew behind the eight ball. Yes, he was a little off, but that type of an offense, the the Sean McVeighs, the the Shanahan's, as we're, they're going to see this week, when you can make them have to really throw the ball, they don't want to do that. They want to get you out of their gap. They want to run their zone scheme. They want to shift motion, do all these things, set up the run, and then set up the play action deep pass. They don't really have per se that that old school West Coast offense anymore because so much is predicated on the run game. And I thought they did a great job on Aaron Donald. Now we always looking forward to the matchup him and Rodney Hudson, and they move him around a lot more. I think it started under Brandon Staley and now Raheem Morris. The fact that he didn't have that explosive impact plays, tackle for losses, quarterback hits, and they moved him around. Now, obviously, you got to defend Leonard Floyd on the other side, and I thought he played well against Josh Jones. But the fact is that you know Jalen Ramsey did his stuff. Um, Taylor Rapp is a guy that's really. Uh, inserted himself in that secondary, and the Cardinals targeted the other other corner in Williams, where he's only like five ten. Then you got to like that matchup with AJ Green going down the sidelines. Yeah, seven different receivers 
caught a pass, and that's the second straight week Kyler Murray has found that number of different pass catchers in a single ball game. More on the offense as we continue, but in order for that offense to be successful, it begins with the offensive line. Though, but even before that, it begins with the week of practice, and that's what we heard after the ball game was, as they say, you practice how you play, and the Cardinals had a very good practice, good week of practice, according to head coach Cliff Kingsbury. I thought it was our best week of practice so far. Great focus, great energy all week. I could tell pregame our guys were dialed in and, and came out of execute at a high level. So really excited that we took a step from, from last week. It's sometimes cliche, Drew, but what you do Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, does it mean you're going to play well on Sunday? Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But earlier in the year, we did hear Buda Baker mention that Friday's got to be better. And we discussed that here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. But it does sound like this one-day-at-a-time mentality – is at least through four games, through four weeks, something that this team has bought into. For sure. You have to fine-tune that process. And I think having leadership that they have, and that was a point of emphasis as everybody's talked about to nauseum, but it really pays dividends at this point in time. You see that because everybody has the routine. There's a veteran in every single room, so they can kind of pull the young guys along with them. And throughout the course of the week, you're building and building and building. And then you look at it and you analyze the game plan, and I think they did a phenomenal job of – taking the good and the bad. Sometimes we get so enamored with the results, but I know this coaching staff is really honing in on the details of things that correcting it right, wrong, or indifferent because next week it's going to come up again. And being able to really learn from those mistakes, good and bad, and then have it pay off is what you want to be able to do as they build towards the uh, postseason. Drew, last year the Cardinals got off to a 5-2 and two start, 6-3. and three. Kyler Murray was in that MVP conversation. And then all of a sudden, Brian Flores comes in here and they run that mush defense. I mean, on paper, I mean, the fact that they're scoring over 30 points, putting up 400 yards, they're scoring in the red zone, they're um, you know picking up third downs. How sustainable is this offense to where – you know, teams are going to start maybe defending a little bit more differently. Well, I think everybody's looking for the recipe because right now nobody's found it, and you see what he's able to do. The hard thing is, is like I said, when you're distributing the ball in a short, intermediate, and deep range passing game, it's really hard because not only are you going vertical, they also have the ability to go horizontal. And Rondell Moore, um, Chase Edmonds, all of these guys, and you're getting a power running game, a different look with James Conner in there where, you know, it's third and one on the goal line, and they can line up now and come down, and, and that demeanor that Sean Cooler has, and it doesn't matter who's in there on the offensive line. Everybody was worried about the subs or different guys like this. The same approach is, is what they're going to take, and there's really not a, a weakness as long as they don't shoot themselves in the foot. Now, you have to be aware of that, and that was some concern early on throughout the course of the, the first part of the games when they're closer but again when you become battle tested and you say we need to limit turnovers and there's a concerted effort to do that the distribution was marvelous and again i i was curious to see how aj green could could really take this ele- this offense and elevate it to the next level because DeAndre has his ability. He has his skill set. But when you are still going to get 60-plus yards from him but now everybody else is contributing, I mean, I said it. A.J. Green is a one a number one wide receiver and has been for over a decade in this league, and he's got a lot left in the tank. It's just a matter of staying healthy. The number one scoring offense, the number one offense as far as yards per game, sixth best rushing attack, the third best passing attack. That's the offense, the defense doing what it does best as far as a little bit bend but don't break and then getting two takeaways against Matthew Stafford and company and both those takeaways converted into points so at the end of the day what stood out and that was a question asked of head coach Cliff Kingsbury 
I just think the physicality. Um, both fronts were really, really tough. That's a great offensive football team, and I thought for most of the day uh, we did a nice job handling them up front. And then the offensive line, uh, you know, we had two guys in there. Max came in at guard and, and Josh Jones at, at right tackle and to rush for over 200 yards. Just phenomenal job by Coach Kugler and the plan he had. That was remarkable, over 200 and, 216 yards, a couple rushing touchdowns uh, from James Conner. But that when they were on the one-yard line, Drew, they ran the ball 11 straight times. And maybe maybe the Rams at that point were thinking, you know what, we got a game on Thursday, we're going to tap out. But the physicality, that to me, we saw a little bit of that in the, in the Tennessee game in the fourth quarter, again with James Conner. What does that demoralize a team when you know they're going to run the football and they're still able to run on you? Well, it shows volume about where this team's mentality is at. When you can go in and you can break somebody's will on the road both times, to your point, and doing that and winning decisively by 17 points like they did this week and whatever the number was week one, you can go in there and you can manhandle them. It just continues to build and build. And when you have the the running backs, that the stable of running backs that exist on this team, it just adds, again, that dimension because you're looking to build that toughness. And when you find that toughness, it's not something that, that doesn't exist. But I think the thing that stood out to me most, too, on top of that was the effort, right? The effort is there because they're finishing plays. Even on defense, you look at guys like Byron Murphy. He's downfield running in the hip pocket of Deshaun Jackson, which is extremely difficult. Matthew Under throws a little ball a little bit, and he makes a tremendous play, and they turn that into points. All of these things add up, and they're doing the little things right now that carry over um, to having these point differentials when the end of the game comes. Chase Edmonds, James Conner running behind an offensive line that was once again minus right tackle Kelvin him so Josh Jones kicked to tackle and we saw Max Garcia play right guard Justin Pugh did return and resumed his spot on the left side of that offensive line at the guard spot so a little bit more shuffling not as much as the week prior in Jacksonville but certainly when you're going up against Aaron Donald MJ as you mentioned earlier According to Pro Football Focus, a pass rushing grade of 51.5, the lowest mark in his career. That's the way this offensive line shut down Aaron Donald and company. Chase Edmonds after the ball game giving props to the O-line. O-line did a tremendous job of really uh, trying to neutralize 99, obviously. You know, when you go up against him, and man, you know you got to put bodies on him. So uh, I think they did a great job of just the combo blocks, really moving the line of scrimmage and you know, putting the ball in the right spot and helped us out. As we mentioned, 4-0, first time since 2012. It also snapped an eight-game losing streak to Sean McVay and company. Kingsbury afterwards, even beforehand, Drew, wouldn't acknowledge it, wasn't a big deal. Even afterwards, didn't kind of really address it and kind of put it aside. Hey, we're just focused on this week. Now it's focused on San Francisco. But I hope privately there was some satisfaction for him and Kyler Murray to kind of get that monkey off their back. Yeah, I mean, it's huge to be able to establish that, right? And you just keep plugging away. It's almost like it's an unconscious effort that's being put forth by the whole team. It, it's, it doesn't need to be talked about because it's showing up on Sundays. And that showing up on Sundays is because of the preparation throughout the course of the week. Um, but they've been in this position before. They understand why things maybe went awry last year and being able to nip that in the butt before it goes too far down the road. But, I mean, again, this team, the versatility of this team is what's so important impressive because everybody is contributing in every single facet and there's really not a glaring weakness according to michael bidwell he told uh, jim trotter they had that conversation last week between the, the coaching staff and and just in general in the front office to where it's now 
we got to beat this team now. Like, it's not going to go in there and keep it close, win the football game. So it was discussed internally of where they stood in this division. It just wasn't acknowledged publicly, and sometimes that's probably better. But it was a narrative all week long, and – you know, players will say one thing and then, you know, talk amongst themselves, Drew. You've, you've been in that locker room. We have not. And I'm sure it had to have been brought up amongst the players, especially those that had been here for a long period of time. For sure. I think it is something that's talked about in inner circles. But, uh, you know, the old saying is you don't have to take back what you don't say. So you don't have to go out there and beat your chest. You don't have to do all these things. And no game is won in the media. Um, there's plenty of outlets that want to print bulletin board material. There's plenty of things that are looking to tear down Cliff or Kyler or anybody else that's a part of this team. But you see it just the reading between the lines of the back and forth with Chandler and Kyler a couple weeks ago. The demeanor in which these guys approach the game, um, it's impressive. And it's hard to find in today's era because usually there's a selfish component involved with all of this because there's so much money involved. There's a lot of different dynamics of guys trying to get new contracts or guys trying like. All of that exists within a locker room. But when you put that all aside uh, and you can focus solely on playing for the person next to you because that's what football is about. It's about 11 guys being on the same page and trying to, to go about it each and every play. I mean, you look at that run game, right? They were very consistent with what you're doing. And a NFL run game is about just wearing somebody down, wearing somebody down, trying to get you know four yards to carry was the goal of average per week. And all of a sudden you break off a long run to end the game. And that just uh, that was the final straw. There was no coming back from that. So you do these little things that sometimes get lost in translation, but the really, really good football teams that are playing in January are doing those things right now at a high level, and the Cardinals are. You know, we, we always looked at guys like Mahomes and, and Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson. I mean, it's not a surprise that in year three we are seeing the upside of this offense with the head coach and the play calling, the staff, and Kyler Murray. And you you experienced it in Cleveland with Bake. Yeah, no, it's just a matter of fine-tuning everything, right? You, you, you throw things against the wall and you see what sticks. And now a lot of stuff is sticking. We'll get more in-depth on what we saw on Sunday and so far through four games with respect to what Kyler Murray is doing as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Bird Gang, subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Listen to your favorite shows on the go. Just visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. We do it every Tuesday throughout the year, 11 a.m. at the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Greg Rayaloup, Mike Jarecki, and Drew Stanton here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Shotgun, snap to Kyler, short set, moving to his right a little bit. Now throwing deep, far side, and it's pulled in at the five-yard line by A.J. Green into the end zone for the touchdown. A.J. Green just too strong, too big, too athletic. What a great read by Kyler Murray to throw the ball. You got a scarecrow on a stick. Put it out there. Let him go get it. That's exactly what A.J. Green did. Six foot four, AJ Green in great position as well, shielding the defender on that 41 yard pass from Kyler Murray as the Cardinals capitalize on the Byron Murphy interception. That made it seven to three. The first first quarter points allowed by the Rams all season. And that happened with just under six minutes to go in the ballgame. Cardinals win 37-20 to as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Drew, you mentioned A.J. Green in segment number one. And five catches, 67 yards. But 
Week one, a little bit of a slow start by his own admission. He was kind of still kind of understanding where his role was in this offense. And you got Hopkins on one side, Green on the other. Similar wide receivers, but different as far as what they're able to do. And it, it's a nice problem to have when you have all these different pass catchers if you're Kyler Murray. But A.J. Green in particular, I think, is I think we might be seeing the start of a breakout for him because everyone's focused on the other side and looking at D-Hop. Yeah, I think it just depends on the flow of the game. I mean, that's the beauty of having a guy that is a true professional like AJ that comes in here and he's prepared. And you know what? Some some diva wide receivers might sit there and moan over the first week, but Christian Kirk goes out and has a huge game. And then Rondell Moore week two. And then he finally buys his time and goes over 100 yards week three. So you see what he's able to do last week and really get involved in the game early on. Again, it's a confidence thing. And those 50-50 balls that sometimes everybody talks about, a guy like that, when he has confidence, the it's heavily slow planted in the favor of the offense and a quarterback is not going to have any problem putting the ball up to him against whoever it is in the NFL. You know, you look at some of the, and, and Kyler Murray's uh, average per attempt is is a lot higher than it's been in, in previous years. Right now he's at 9.5, but look at some of these um, I'm going to mention some of these uh, what these guys are averaging per catch. Hopkins 13.2, Kirk 15.3, Moore 13.2, A.J. Green 16.5, Max Williams 11.9, James Conner 8.7, I mean, this is night and day, and when you look at Kyler's completion percentage, I mean, it's gone up 9 or 10 points from a pre- the previous year. And one thing I, I looked at from the previous game, that those 17 points in the second quarter were very impressive. The Cardinals this year have scored 48 points in the second quarter and 48 points in the third quarter. The only 31 in the first and only 13 because they've protected leads, really didn't need any points chasing a game at the end. The completion percentage, 76.1, tops and the league. I saw this note out of Next Gen Stats, Drew, and it's Kyler Murray in the pocket versus out of the pocket. We made the note that all four of his interceptions this season have come in the pocket. Yet on Sunday in the pocket, he was 20-26 for 231 yards and two touchdowns. And it was noted that there were a number of different times in that game where he stayed in the pocket, even though there was probably 5, 10, 15 yards of green grass in front of him to run for a first down or a chunk yards, and he stayed in there still getting the ball to his playmakers. Yeah, it's huge when you can do that, and and you're starting to see the entire field, and he's taking advantage of all of that. And and that's a natural progression as a guy that just sees more football, he's around more football, but it's also something that's talked about in that quarterback room, right? It's the quarterback coach, it's Colt McCoy, it's Cliff Kingsbury. Everybody really making a point of emphasis of saying, hey, this is a long season and we need you for all 17 because you're going to take us where we need to go. And that's just a maturation process. So it's phenomenal to see that. He's distributing the ball. Like I said, he's also finding his checkdowns. He's letting these guys that are dynamic playmakers. I mean, I remember Rondell Moore making Jalen Ramsey look silly in space, which is pretty hard to do. I mean, he's an athletic guy that doesn't miss a lot of tackles. And you're just allowing guys to spread the field. And Max Williams is another guy taking advantage of inside the hashes. It, it just makes everything else feel that much more wide open when you have to respect every facet of what this offense can do. Speaking of the quarterback, Kyler Murray, post game on Sunday about what he liked, about what he saw, and then the gay days leading up to Sunday. Best game plan I've, you know, I've, that I think, you know, personally that we've had uh, since I've been in the league. So and I was, I was just confident, man, just going out there and letting it ride. And uh, the guys did the same. I, you know, I can't be more proud of them. As far as being 4-0, I'm trying to you know, go 1-0 each and every week. 
the media tried to get him to say a little bit more about the game plan. Obviously, he's not Drew, but did you <laughs> see anything, or what's that feeling when maybe on Wednesday when you walk in and the days are going forward and game time is coming and you realize, like, this is this works. I'm seeing what we're doing on the field. We know what the Rams can do defensively. They don't have an answer for X, Y, and Z. Uh, that feeling as a quarterback walking into a situation on Sunday where you feel like you've already won before the game is kicked off. It's huge. I mean, when you see the distribution and the numbers and everybody's getting involved, it's exciting because you know that's just going to fuel competition amongst those guys, right? Like, I'm sure DeAndre Hopkins wants to go out there and have 100 yards every single week. It's just when you're going up against the caliber of player like that and Jalen Ramsey, sometimes it's a matter of delegation. And you see when you feel like you have an answer to anything they can do. I remember last year being in the Super Bowl getting ready for Kansas City. No matter what they were going to do to us in that game, we felt like we could divert and go this way or divert and go this way. And sometimes you look at a team's strength and do what they do well. Um, when you feel like you can even combat that, like Arizona was able to do on Sunday, you go in there with a whole newfound confidence because no matter what they throw at you, you say, we can handle this, and we're going to answer it with X, Y, and Z. The Cardinals have six receivers with at least 15 receptions, led by Chase Edmonds, who's got 20. One of those receivers, Max Williams, who has certainly come along the past couple of games, he spoke post-game about why the Cardinals' offense is so tough to defend. You know, I think it all starts with K1, and uh, we've been saying that all year, that he's a new kind of leader this year. He's got a whole lot of confidence going with him, and it all starts with the quarterback, and we're rallying behind him, and we're just going to work every day, and we're having fun doing it. Max Williams, 15 catches, 179 yards, and a touchdown, MJ, and just his ability to be open down the middle of the field. He took a nice shot in the end zone, hung on to the football, but now all of a sudden spreading the football, spreading the field out, you're tied in, and we talked about it all off season on how valuable that could be having someone running down the middle. Yeah, and again, I know Cliff can finally run four wide, you know, go 10 personnel, but they still like, you know, 11 and 12 personnel, and uh, his catch rate is about 94%. Um, you mentioned uh, 179 yards, and you know you look at yards from scrimmage between Chase Edmonds. He got 395. AJ Green 248. Christian Kirk 244. Hop 225. I mean these guys, and it's not just they're getting yards after catch also, but uh, Max Williams is a guy that they definitely missed when he was injured. He's a meat and potatoes guy, but now you're starting to see that that trust factor down the seam with him and Kyler Murray. Christian Kirk only had one catch the only time he was targeted, yet he played the most of the season, 56 of 78 snaps, yet he's only targeted once. And, again, that's each week someone different, it seems, is going to have their day, although you would like to see maybe your top-end guys always be involved. DeAndre Hopkins was, yet it's that how do you spread the ball out to make sure everyone is happy at the end of the day. Yeah, I think the the flow of the game dictates that, right? The I would imagine Cliff has a box of these are the the calls that I can get the ball in DeAndre's hand, whether it's a screen, whether it's a short passing game, whether it's a stop right on the outside when he knows he's getting one on one. But um, you know, to the the point of defending every portion of the field, those safeties when they feel vertical stretch and they're they've got to sit there and first see, okay, does DeAndre get a clean release? Now my eyes got to get back inside, and he was late trying to help, and Kyler throws an unbelievable ball to get in the end zone. Those are the fine details details that people don't really understand the stress that's put on these these defenders and really when you can get in a four wide receiver sets like 
can you name the third and fourth corner for the Rams? I mean, I'm sure you guys can. But beyond that, when you take advantage of what they're trying to do and their areas of weakness where you gain an extreme advantage, that's really the beauty of the game within the game in the NFL and why Cliff can go so many directions within this. Because how do you defend that? How, especially like we were talking about in the red zone, when you can sit there and convert touchdowns as opposed to having to settle for field goals because you can line up and punch somebody in the mouth. Man, how? How do you stop? And I'll tell you what, they, they literally could run four wide with Chase Edmonds because you can make all of a sudden he can go out for a pass. I notice they're also leaving a receiver next to the sideline. So if Murray's going through his progressions and nobody's open, he has the ability. I watched A.J. Green do it. I think a few times last year Christian Kirk did it. So instead of him running, he's got a check down. And granted, it's not going to be a big play, but he's gonna. it's not going to be a negative play. Team is playing with a lot of confidence right now, and deservedly so after beating the Rams 37 to 24 and 0 for the first time since 2015, or excuse me, since 2012. Though it's September and or early October, and for Chase Edmonds, it's all about looking ahead, making sure these games matter in December and January. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, man. Obviously, we played a hell of opponent in the L.A. Rams and did what we had to do, but that's the expectation. You know, we really changed that locker room around. We got big-time players in there. We got culture guys where it's, it's expected to, to win uh, big-time games. I think it was a small step in the right direction to where we want to go when, when the games really matter in December and January. We've heard Buda Baker mention it, MJ, a lot. The 1-0 mentality never gets too far ahead. In fact, it's just focusing on that particular day, and we went 1-0 this week. You said that now for four straight weeks, and you're not going to get him to say anything more than that. No, and, and to me, you know, Chandler Jones obviously is, uh, is the guy that has all the numbers, but Buda Baker to me is the face of this defense, and he's not afraid to get in your face. And you heard Max Williams talk about Kyler's taking another step, being a leader. Um, you know, you'd like to have those conversations take place uh, during the, during the week. You're going to have them on game day, but you could just see that everyone's gravitating to what um, the, what the coaching staff is asking them to do, and everyone's on the same page. I mean, yeah, you're going to have Eagles in the locker room, and as he pointed out, Drew pointed out, yeah, I'm sure Hop will like more numbers, but at the end of the day, these guys want to get to the playoffs. That's where you make your mark. Look at Larry Fitzgerald, what he did in 2008. That was his coming out party. You want to win at the end of the day, right, Drew? I mean, no matter what the numbers, individual numbers are, I mean, you want to walk out that field on with a win on Sundays. Exactly, and that's what it boils down to. I think early on in your career when you're trying to establish yourself, and we all play this game for respect. I think that's one thing that people don't truly understand, you know, and – you look at this and you have to go out and you earn respect. It's not given it and it was well documented last week going to the game. Everybody was just talking about how good the Rams were because of what they did the week prior. But you're only as good as your last game in this league as well. And as you move forward, there's no awards given out in September. And I think that really is a point of emphasis within the locker room because all these guys are on the same page. They're saying the exact same thing and they truly believe it. I mean, that's one thing. That I don't think this is just talk to the media. This is no, guys. Like We're keeping our head down. We're grinding and we'll figure it out because they're this is too tough of a division to sit back and be like, man, we were in the same boat again as, to start, um, but now you've got to worry about San Francisco, you've got to worry about Seattle, and you've got to play the Rams again. And all of these things are going to matter um, because you can't take a single week for granted uh, or else you're going to find yourself with a loss in the um, and. That's just not you know something that you can afford to do when you're playing as well as you are. It's a good start. Cardinals, though, got off to a good start last season, and we all know how it finished, so that's why this one and mentality that the Cardinals have adopted in that locker room is so important to keep the focus on the here and now and not what happens in November and December. 
The Dave Pash Podcast, Episode 10, available now featuring ESPN and ABC Football announcer Kirk Herbstreet. Episode 11 coming up later on this week on Wednesday with comedian Frank Caliendo. Follow today, Pash Podcast via your preferred podcast provider. Get the latest updates via Twitter at PashPod. We have hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, Andrew Stanton. When we come back, oh yeah, the defense. In fact, my number one takeaway from Sunday on just how well the defense shut down Matthew Stafford and company. We'll get into what we saw on Sunday and what we've seen so far through the first four games defensively. That's all straight ahead here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. to go in the first. It's a fake handoff. Rolling right is Stafford. Looking back to the left. Throwing a deep ball. Far side for Deshaun Jackson. And it's picked off inside the 15-yard line. It's Byron Murphy. He's tackled around the 12. Byron Murphy, the NFC Defensive Player of the Week, who had two picks last week, gets one here on Stafford in the first quarter. Oh, Byron Murphy baited Matthew Stafford to throw that ball. And then broke on the ball. What an unbelievable play from Byron Murphy. Baited Matthew Stafford to throw it. Man, Murphy's playing like a pro bowler the first month of the season. One interception in his first 33 career games. Byron Murphy now three interceptions in his past two games. As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report following a Cardinals win in Los Angeles, handling the Rams 37-20. to Craig Rio, Mike Jarecki, Andrew Stanton talking specifically about Murphy and the defense. And it was all Matthew Stafford, the entire offensive performance of what he's done through the first three games. And Cooper Cup, the NFC Offensive Player of the Month. And those guys, I mean... It was one possession, and I don't even count that last touchdown, Drew. That, that's just me. I mean, it, it counts in the records, but outside of that final score, one touchdown allowed on eight possessions. That's what the Cardinals' defense to the Rams. Yeah, it's remarkable. I think you look at the comfort and the ability, again, it's, just a, it's a confidence boost each and every week. And, and when you have a guy playing at that high of a level that can go out there and the ball just kind of finds you and it, it it just seems to find him a couple times, and he had a great a great play on the ball to go up and make a play. Matthew left it a little short, um, yep. and, and again, those guys, it's a new dynamic. Sometimes uh, you you see that it's well documented the you know the continuity that already exists between Matthew and Cooper Cup, but that was also off. So you start trying to like reach a little bit, you try and start making plays and push the the ball downfield. And Vance Joseph's defense has the ability to make you earn everything. That's the beauty of playing that quarters coverage. It's kind of muddied up that has the health with the safety over the top or allows guys to run with you. So you've really got to be honed in on what you're trying to do. And it allows guys to go out there and make plays because they can see what's going on. That that zone defense that sometimes allows you to be able to get eyes on the quarterback or these safeties coming out and coming downhill and really setting the tone defensively with the tackles, uh, uh, not allowing big plays to even get started. I'll tell you what, though. You know, going into that game, I thought – they're going to have to try something different. I mean, nothing to play, nothing against a 3-4, but they went a lot of nickel and dime. They, and they sometimes we saw two linemen, three linemen. So they, they wanted to have – and I thought, you know, Vance did a great job. They didn't really have to wait till halftime, even though you're going to hear from Buda Baker how, you know, the Rams got out to a good start initially. But 
I love the game plan going in. Well, you look at the numbers that first quarter, the Rams had 68 rushing yards, but in quarters two, three, and four combined, just 53. And that's last week in Jacksonville, we pointed to that one scoring drive that the Jaguars just ran it down the Cardinals' throats, but that was that really was the only time. Yet, if you look at the overall numbers defensively, Drew, as far as what this team is allowing on the ground, it's not great. Yet, at the same time, when this team needs a stop, they are getting stops. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, that's what it really is. Stats can be so misleading. We can twist them and, and make them into what we want them to be. But at the end of the day, when you can go out there and get those stops when they're needed, that's what it's all about. I mean, Derrick Henry had you know those ones where he was rattling off some runs or, or that drive that you talked about in Jacksonville. When you can set something up and you make those adjustments within the game to really not allow them to carry over throughout the entire course of the game, I mean, th- that's what's going to turn into championship football. So what changed defensively for the Cardinals? Here's Buda Baker on just that. That's a point of emphasis every single week. Physicality, of course, be smart. And, uh, you know, with this week playing against the Rams, they do a lot of jet motions. You know, they, they kind of mess with a lot of guys' eyes. So in the first half, you know, we were kind of messing up the run game because all the jets going different ways, guys, you know, having to see those jets. And we just settled down um, later on in the half, and we just settled down, and everything took care of itself. That entire secondary, MJ, led by Buda Baker. Jalen Thompson, I think, is really coming to his own this season. A mini Buda Baker, if you will. One, he's healthy, but a sure tackler, physical player. He did get called for two penalties, but you like the physicality, you like the aggressiveness. And then Byron Murphy, which we've always we've already talked about, Marco Wilson and Robert Alford, those are five guys right there in the secondary that are able to handle if you've got a number of different offensive weapons that can cover five different receivers. Well, th- this is night and day from a year. Year ago, I mean, you got corners that are willing to come down and run support. Uh, they're physical at the point of attack, and you know, listen. You look at Byron Murphy, Robert Alford, and, and Marco Wilson, even Antonio Hamilton. I mean, you can say right now the strength has been the secondary over the last couple of weeks. Now, in week one, clearly it was the the front seven. I mean, the way they were able to get to Ryan Tannehill and shut down Derrick Henry, but the secondary. I mean. And and they're and they're physical. I mean, they're you're not seeing a lot of mistakes out there. And I think it all starts with Buddha and Jalen Thompson. What a what a tackler! He had ten tackles last week. So I I like the physicality from the secondary. And you got to give them guys a lot of credit because there were so many question marks. A when Malcolm Butler left camp, is is Marco Wilson is it too big for him? Can Alford stay healthy? Is Byron Murphy actually a number one corner? Those are question marks, and they were fair going into the season. And I think they've quieted those naysayers. And those questions have been answered, uh, especially through four games. Now the front seven as far as getting after the quarterback. I know people are pointing to the lack of sacks. Chandler Jones has five but nothing since week one. You look at some of the defensive metrics. J.J. Watt graded out very, very well on Sunday, yet he doesn't have a sack yet. As a quarterback, sometimes, though, you know more than anything else, it's not always about the sack. If you can make a quarterback uncomfortable, which I think Matthew Stafford was uncomfortable a lot on Sunday. Yeah, you could just see it. Uh, I think that after week one, it was well documented how good this front seven was playing. So as an offense, if I'm game planning for you, what do I need to do? I need to make sure that that front seven doesn't wreck the game before it even gets started. Right. So you try and set up that everything with the run game. And that's the beauty, again, of what they're going to see this week against San Francisco. It's the same offense. It's, it's Sean McVay. It's Kyle Shanahan. There's a couple wrinkles. But that eye trouble that existed that first quarter hopefully won't even be an issue this week because it's already the exact same carbon copy of what they're doing. Now, yes, they have 
have the ability to do different things. But you want guys around the football. Any noise around a quarterback makes him uncomfortable. And people at his feet, even like Kyler was talking about when he got hit in the head, just a little bit of distraction can create chaos and this feeling of uncomfort. And they've done a great job. I mean, again, the versatility throughout each level of this defense is what allows them to kind of say, okay, like, that was your week, week one, front seven handled it. Okay, now the secondary is playing at such a high level because the safeties, they can come down out of center field or the out of their side of the field and make tackles that doesn't allow a big play to even get started. Yeah, and, and the Cardinals got a lot eye candy on defense. You start with J.J. Watt, and then you look at Chandler Jones, and then you look at Buda Baker, and you know maybe you even look at a guy like Isaiah Simmons. But the guy that's really playing well is Marcus Golden. He had two tackles, a quarterback hit a forced fumble, threw four games. He got eight tackles, two sacks, tackle for loss, three quarterback hits, a pass defense, two forced fumbles, and a fumble recovery. He is making his presence felt. He's had either a sack, a forced fumble, or a fumble recovery in every game so far. And you looked at the forced fumble that he caused on Sunday, punching the ball out at no one really knew where it was, and it's on the ground, and Buda Baker scoops it up. So it's going back to what you are saying, the, the little things, the small little details, and that's part of a larger picture that why this Cardinals team is 4-0. Exactly. And I think, too, you know, you hate to bring up this term, but role players, right? But you have role players on the team. When you accept your role of what you are and you can go out there and there's that's the beauty of this team, why there's so much success, is they have role players at every single position. Marcus Golden changed the outcome of that game by punching the ball away. He's not a guy that's sitting there like worried about checking the, if he was on Instagram or what his feed was or anything like that. He's going out and doing his job. A.J. Green, same thing. When his opportunity comes, he makes the play. Christian Kirk, same thing. Rondell Moore, you saw him in the backfield a little bit. They're setting all of these things up that just allows you to not really get a beat on what's going on, and there's no substitute for effort. And there's effort seen on the film each and every week by guys out there that you know it's almost becoming happenstance because you take it for granted. But those are the little things that show up so big. You know, we look how Kyler's spread the ball out and how he's getting guys involved and not forcing things on defense. I mean, Every every week somebody else is stepping up. We've gone 45 minutes and we haven't talked about Jordan Hicks right now. I mean, he he's playing really well. His grade last week was somewhere in the high 80s. I mean, he's taking so much pressure off uh, the front. Obviously, people want to see Zayvon Collins, but they're trying to win games right now. And then the way that Isaiah Simmons is playing. But, yeah, I mean, I, I like the fact that other guys are chipping and we're, they're just not relying on one or two guys, just like the offense is relying on a handful of players. Coming up this week on Wednesday, in fact, episode three of Cardinals Folktales entitled One Time in Mexico, looking back at the 2005 game between the Cardinals and 49ers in Mexico City. You can go to the Arizona Cardinals YouTube channel, youtube.com slash azcardinals. That is One Time in Mexico, episode three of Cardinals Folktales. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Snap to Kyla Murray. Three-step drop. Lobs it deep middle in the end zone. Max Williams hangs on as he's hit. Touchdown. Williams over the middle got popped. But Kyla Murray with a beautiful touch throw. And the Cardinals are back in front. What are you going to do when Max Williams runs the seam on you? What a great read by Kyler Murray. Play fake for Murray. 
And a dump off to Williams, caught right side with room at the 30. 25-20, Williams to the 15 to the 10, and somersaults as he's upended inside the 10 at the 8-yard line. A 25-yard gain. They completely fooled the Rams defense. What a great call by Cliff Kingsbury. The tight end screen. Keep Max Williams healthy. And he will do everything that we saw on Sunday and then some, as he likes to say, tight ends, problem solvers. And he's certainly been a problem solver so far this year. As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, focusing on, yeah, still talking a little bit about what happened against the Rams. And now also turning our attention to this week when the San Francisco 49ers visit State Farm Stadium. 125 is the kickoff. 8.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Before we get too much into that, and I want, Drew, I want your thoughts on one name that we haven't touched on, and that, I think, at least for me, is the most valuable player on this team offensively, and that would be the center, Rodney Hudson. But before I get your thoughts on that, Here's Chase Edmonds on what Hudson has meant to this team offensively. Big Rod, Uncle Rod, I call him. Uh, he's been a, a hell of an ad for us, man. I mean, night and day difference, whether it's the, the run game, the pass game, keeping us poised. You know, that was a hostile environment, man, and, and Rod does a great job of keeping us poised, making all the right calls, telling us what he sees out there, and just open dialogue. And uh, the addition of Rodney Hudson, man, I can't, I can't harp on it enough. You know, it's been tremendous for us, especially in the run game and obviously with Kyle in the pass game. The value of the center position, a veteran center. I'll go back, a huge fan of A.Q. Shipley and what he meant to the Arizona Cardinals. They always tried to replace him, try to get more athletic at that position, <laughs> and it just never worked. You couldn't move him out of that spot. Lyle Sunlight. Unless he was injured. Exactly. Another good point. But what Hudson has done and what a veteran center can do, not only along the offensive line, but for a young quarterback. Oh, man. I mean, there's no replacement for experience. There truly isn't. And you get a guy in there like that, and that's why you can shift guys around at tackle and guard and move guys because the centerpiece is still the centerpiece and when everything revolves around him and he goes up and he makes these calls and he's telling the right side of the line what to do the left side of the line and everybody has confidence in that as was talked about in the lead in I mean there there is not a substitute for that when everybody feels like they're on the same page which is of the utmost importance in a hostile environment with a guy that's seen every single look under the sun it doesn't matter what it is he's so well studied he knows how to study tape he knows how to do it and he knows how to communicate that down the line i mean it's huge uh, i don't i don't think that that's something that gets enough point of emphasis because a guy like him to be available for steve kime to go out and get him and steve's done a couple of these moves that have really paid off um in the 19th hour because it allowed them to get a center a Pro Bowl caliber center that just makes everything on that offense flow that much easier. And and I know he's got input behind the scenes with the run game. Kugel talks about how good he's been for that room because protection-wise, all of these things, and it just alleviates everybody's responsibilities that much more because Cliff doesn't have to worry about protections. He can sit there and say, well, I want to draw up all the pass game, but how are we going to protect this? And then that falls on the center to be able to do it, and he, did, he has done a tremendous job through the first four weeks. Everyone has talked so highly uh, Hudson as far as what he has meant you ask Hudson about it and he's like oh, you know, I'm just doing my job he's, he's, he's very matter of fact very humble yet I think his presence MJ has spoke volumes for what he's able to do and then make those line calls and then help Kyler Murray and get the offense set for that particular play well they always say what <clears throat> the center's probably one of the smartest guys on the team 
Oh, he has to be. You know, he's got to be able to get up there, and he can't have any hesitation. You know, you're on a shot clock, and depending on what's being asked of you from a center position is you make the mic and the quarterback either reaffirms it or they try and dictate what's going on. But he has to completely trust in what he's seeing, much like a quarterback, right? You have to rely on preparation. You have to rely on all this. Um, different than the quarterback, he's got to communicate that. And he's got to make sure the left tackle knows, the right tackle knows, the guards communicate everything, and also being able to adjust, right? Hey, I mean, I remember being in a game with Lyle in St. Louis, uh, and Lyle's like, hey, this this nose keeps trying to swim me and do all this. If we alert to this, we can get this run game going, and all of a sudden, boom, it's implemented, and I think we went for over 200 yards on the ground that game. So when you have a player of that caliber that you trust and you can rely on to see the flow of the game, I I mean, it allows you to make these adjustments that, again, he's not looking for accolades. He just takes pride in what he does and does it at an extremely high level. Before we close up this edition of the Cardinals Red Sea Report on Sunday, 49ers in town, 2-2. They're on a two-game losing streak coming off a loss to the Seattle Seahawks. And now Jimmy Garoppolo dealing with a calf injury. Trey Lance waiting in the wings, perhaps getting his first career NFL start in the regular season. We were talking off air, but if you're the Cardinals, you you have to prepare for both because we've seen both on the field. But Garoppolo, you know what you're getting from him. Trey Lance is the unknown in this equation. Yeah, he's a wild card. Uh, But to that point, if Jimmy can play, I would imagine that you at least try him to play because he doesn't need the course of the week to go out there. He just needs to be physically ready to play. Where Trey Lance is going to get all the reps, he's going to be able to do all these things, so you kind of have to prepare, but the offense is the offense. Stop the run game, everything's predicated on that, and you'll hopefully have the same result as uh, last week against the Rams. 49ers have won three of the last four against the Cardinals, including their last two trips to Arizona, and we all remember what happened last year. Uh, at State Farm Stadium. It was not pretty. 125 is the kickoff. 8.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins. Single game tickets on sale, by the way. Visit azcardinals.com slash gametix. That's azcardinals.com slash gametix. The Cardinals looking to go 5-0, and 2-0 inside the NFC West. Again, that game coming up on Sunday. Special thanks to those behind the scenes, senior broadcast manager and producer Jim Omohundro, technical director Jeff Darge, for Mike Jarecki, Drew Stanton, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you in one week's time here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Kirk, he got it! He's in! Touchdown! Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score! Touchdown! Oh, baby! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown! Cardinals win! This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.